Welcome to today's program, my friend. It's Friday, and today we're wrapping up my brand new series, which is called Partnering with the Holy Spirit and Planning for Tomorrow and the Future. This week, we've been talking about things that grieve the Holy Spirit, which we do not want to do in our lives. We need to partner with the Holy Spirit. We need to make an environment where He is so comfortable that He will manifest His presence and His power we need to partner with him. And today, we're going to see how the Holy Spirit will help us plan for tomorrow and for the future. But today is the last day that I'm offering this verse-by-verse verse series from James chapter 4, my friend, Order Yours Today. And it comes with a study guide that's filled with all the Greek words, the points, the principles, Everything that is in these lessons is also in the study guide. We do this so that you can read it while you see it or while you hear it and really get the teaching down deep inside of you. And we have covered so much material this week that I know you cannot recall it all. You need to hear it and hear it and hear it and really get this teaching inside you. So order yours right now. Today's the last day we're offering it this week, but you can order by going online or by giving us a call right now. And we're also offering you today for the last day this week, my book called The Holy Spirit and You, Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. Oh, the Holy Spirit wants for you and Him to be the dynamic duo in your church, in your home, in your place of work. He wants to partner with you. And that's what this book is about. It's very practical. It's very hands-on about how to walk into a dynamic relationship with the Holy Spirit. Order yours today by going online or by giving us a call. And when you become a partner, I want to remind you that we're going to send you two books as our way of saying welcome to our partner family. And a partner is anyone who financially regularly supports our ministry to help us take the teaching of the Bible to people around the world. And my friends, people around the world are tuning in for this teaching. What an honor. Proverbs 10, 21 says, The lips of the righteous feed many. It is such an honor to teach the Bible, but we're only able to take it to people because of partners. People like you who financially give regularly into our ministry. They put financial fuel in the tank so we can take this teaching to people all over the planet. At the moment you become a partner, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness because we always give these two books to anyone who becomes a part of our partner family. And please remember that we're waiting for our phone to ring right now so that we'll know how to pray for you. If you don't have anyone else to reach out to, no one that you know you can ask to pray with you, give us a call. We want to pray with you. We're waiting to pray for you. Or you can send us an email. And the moment you call or the moment your email shows up in our inbox, we're going to really pray for you. We believe Jeremiah 33, 3. It says, call unto me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things. With you, we'll call out to God in faith. He will answer us. And he will show you great and mighty things. But let us know how to pray. I'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. 
I'm so glad you've joined me. And today we're going to return to James chapter 4, and we're going to find out how we should plan for the future. But in James chapter 4, we've seen that James is writing to believers that are really struggling. They've lost everything. Due to persecution, they've been scattered all over the lands of the eastern part of the Roman Empire. They lost their homes. They lost their businesses. They lost their jobs. Some of them can't even find all of their family members. They are really, really struggling. And when we come to James chapter 4, we find that some of them are about to retake everything that they've lost, but they're doing it the wrong way. They're doing it in the flesh. And in the church, among the brethren, as they're all struggling to regain what they've lost, they're slugging it out, they're quarreling, they're disputing with each other, and they're even judging each other. And my friends, we need to understand that judgment is reciprocal. What you give comes back to you. And that is why Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. If you missed yesterday's program about judgment, go to the archives and see it or order the series. But we also find that they weren't praying. They were just about to reestablish themselves, to retake what they've lost. And James says, hey, guys, you didn't even pray. You have not because you asked not. And he said, finally, when you did ask, you asked wrongly that you may consume it upon your lusts. And today we're going to see that this same carnal activity affected the way they were making plans about the future. They were making their plans. Well, we've had a hard time, but now we're going to do this. And now we're going to do that. But they weren't even consulting the Lord. There's nothing wrong with making plans and being definitive about what you want to do. But my friends, we should not make plans without consulting the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're going to see today in James chapter 4. And we're going to begin in verse 13. So reach for your Bible and let's go to James chapter 4, verse 13. And I want to tell you the Holy Spirit knows the future. And if you'll partner with him, he'll show you how to plan for tomorrow and for the future. But listen to this. In James 4.13, in the King James Version, James says, Go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away? Verse 15. For that you ought to say, you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. Verse 16. But now you rejoice in your boastings and all such rejoicing is evil. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you today what that means. Verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him, it is a sin. But let's go back to verse 13 and begin with the opening words in this verse where James says, Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow. The words go to now in Greek are very interesting. The Greek word age and the word noon. The word ago means I lead. The word noon means right now. When you compound these two words together, James is addressing people that are making plans without consulting the Lord. And it literally means, let me help lead you 
noon right now. Let me provide you right now with some concrete guidance. And now he begins to give them direction about how to plan for tomorrow and for the future. He says, let me provide some concrete guidance for you that say. And in Greek, say is the Greek word legantes. You that are alleging, the Greek tense really means saying and saying and saying. They're really alleging what they're going to do today or tomorrow. Today is the Greek word simaron. It means today, this very day, right now, the word tomorrow is the Greek word arion, which means tomorrow. It points to the future, particularly tomorrow. They're predicting what they're going to do in the future and particularly what they plan to do tomorrow. And here's what they're saying. Today or tomorrow, verse 13, we will go into such a city. The word go, the Greek word pereomai. It means to journey or to move from one place to another. They're deciding what they're going to do, and they're declaring it, to move to another location, particularly for the sake of conducting business. Remember, these are Jewish believers that have lost everything. Now they're out and about to reestablish themselves. And they said today or tomorrow, we're going to go into such and such a city in order to do business. So they're announcing their plans. The word into is a form of the Greek word ice. It indicates forward movement. They're declaring what they're going to do. And the word city has a definite article. It means into the city. It was very clear and specifically stated plans. And then he continues in verse 13 and says, Go to now ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. The word continue interestingly, should not be translated as the word continue because it is the Greek word poieo, which means to do, to work, to perform, or to carry out pre-planned intentions. We have intentions. This is what we're going to do when we get there. This is exactly what we plan to do, and we're going to stay there. The word there, the Greek word ek, it means in that particular place a year, the word year means a year or an exact period of time and buy and sell and get gain. Buy and sell. In Greek is the word emporeomai. It's where you get the word for an emporium, which of course is a very large market where you can buy and where you can sell. But the Greek word as used here, buy and sell, the Greek word emporeomai means to act as a merchant who buys and sells in a market, to engage in business, to trade in business. These Jewish believers says, we're about to make a lot of money. We're going to engage in business in that particular city. We intend to stay there for a particular length of time and get gain. And the words get gain are a translation of the word kardino. Listen to what it means. To make a gain or to win at the game of business. We're going to get there and we're going to win at the game of business, to play one's cards so well that he wins the game. That's really what they're saying. We're going to get there. We're going to play our business cards so well. We're going to walk away with a ton of money. The intention is to win in business and to walk away having made financial gain. And the RIV of James 4.13 is as follows. Let me provide some guidance for you who are constantly saying, right now, 
today, tomorrow, or in the nearest future, we are going on a business trip and we will travel into a particular city with the intention to stay there to do a lot of buying, selling, and business. Our plan is to walk away with a big financial profit. Then in verse 14 in the King James Version, James continues, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And of course, as you get older, you understand the reality of this verse. Life is very, very short. But notice again in verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. Well, when you read this in the Greek text, it has the word ouk, which is an emphatic no. The Greek word epistemi, which depicts a person with expertise, knowledge. But in this particular case, because it's connected to the word ouk, it means you do not know. You do not really have a clue what shall be on the morrow. The Greek means what will be in the future, even tomorrow. Your information is so limited you don't know what's going to be in the future. You don't even know what's really going to happen tomorrow. And then he asks, for what is your life? The word what in Greek is the word poia. What sort, what kind, what type of life do you really have? And then he says, it is even a vapor. The word vapor, the Greek word atmos, a word that was very well used in classical Greek by writers. It was used, for example, by Aristotle, by Herodotus, by Plato to describe a vapor, a steam, or a mist. Well, you know that a vapor appears only for a little time, or steam appears and then it disappears. Or how about a mist? It comes and it goes. These things don't last very long. And James says, it is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. The word appeareth is a form of the Greek word phainos, which means to appear, to become visible, and it even means to shine, something that is resplendent, something that shines. And my friends, this is true. Some people's life really shines, but it doesn't last very long. That's why he goes on and says it shines only for a little time. And we need to pray that our lives shine. We want to shine as much life as we can while we're living. But he says, even if you're shining, it's just for a little time. The Greek says pros oligon. The word oligos means small in number. And here it refers to a small amount of time or a small number of years, something that is brief, something that exists only for a short duration of time, a short period of time, or for a little time. And then he continues in verse 14 and says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then vanisheth away. The word then, the Greek word, epetai, it means thereafter, after that, it describes something that occurs very suddenly, suddenly, poof. That's really what it means. It vanisheth away. Vanish away means it passes from the scene. It disappears and becomes invisible. He's talking about the longevity of life. And the RIV of James 4.14 is as follows. But hold on. What is life anyway? Isn't it like a vapor or mist 
that suddenly becomes visible and only shines for a relatively brief time and then poof, it suddenly evaporates, passes from the scene and it's gone. And isn't it amazing how quickly a vapor or steam or mist is forgotten. I'm amazed that the new generation of believers do not know those that I consider to be legendary pioneers of faith. They died not so long ago, but they've already passed from the scene. The new generation doesn't even know their names. People forget very quickly, even though those legendary pioneers of faith shine so brightly, poof, they passed from the scene and they were gone. And the new generation doesn't even know their names. James 4.15, for you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. When he says, for ye ought to say, in Greek it is the word ante, a better translation would be instead, instead, this is what you ought to be saying. To say is the Greek word legain, it means to say it is instruction about what we should be saying about the future. Instead, you ought to say, say what? If the Lord Will. Now, I know a lot of people don't like that phrase, if the Lord will, and it's honestly, it's kind of a difficult phrase for me because it's hard to make plans if you live in the realm of if. But listen to what it means. The word if is the Greek word eon. It carries the idea of a certain possibility in all likelihood it probably will happen. They're really not living in the realm of if. They're saying, this is what we project. This is what we believe. In all likelihood, this is what is going to take place. This is what we intend to do. But it goes on to say, if the Lord will. The word Lord here, the Greek word kurios, which means the Lord, the supreme master, the one whom we defer to and the one whom we obey, which means he has the right to change plans at any moment. And then he says, if the Lord will. The word will that is used here is the future tense of the Greek word thelo, which means to intend, to design, or to desire. But James 4.15 goes on to say, For you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. The Greek says, this or that, here or there. We're going to do this here. We're going to do that yonder, if the Lord will. And in all likelihood, that really is his will. For example, right now, our ministry isn't a great ministry expansion project, and we're making plans. But we have made our plans with consultation from the Lord. We haven't just charged forward without praying. We've listened to the Lord, but the Lord has the right anywhere along the way to change or to alter the plan. And the RIV of James 4.15 is as follows. Instead of so brashly proclaiming what you're going to do, it would be better to say, if the Lord plans, designs, and desires it, and in all likelihood it seems that that is the case, then we have the intention of being here or there and doing this or that. But then in verse 16, James adds, but now you rejoice in your boastings and all such rejoicing is evil. The word now in Greek is the word noon. The word then, the Greek word day, it means, but now, however, instead, you rejoice in your boastings. The word rejoice describes a person that is impudent, 
a person that is arrogant. They're just brashly making a proclamation. The word boastings, now listen to this. This is really amazing. Is a very specific Greek word which was used to depict frauds. Frauds who roam from place to place and who claimed that they had cures to heal every kind of sickness and disease. It is the very Greek word which depicts empty promises or arrogant claims. Empty promises or arrogant claims. And James goes on in verse 16, says, All such rejoicing is evil. The word all, it's a Greek word, pasa, it's all-inclusive, all such rejoicing. This word rejoicing, again, is the picture of an arrogant attitude, making boasts, making claims. He says to make all these claims without consulting the Lord is evil. The word evil here, the Greek word poneros, listen to what it means. It carries destruction, disaster, harm, or danger. It depicts that which is foul, vile, or hostile. It includes not only that which is dangerous to the physical body, but also that which is dangerous to the spirit or to the mind. Listen to this. It was often used in Greek to describe actions that are damaging to a person's testimony and reputation. For example, once I was meeting with a businessman who had utterly failed in every form of business he had ever tried. And as I sat with him, he did not have the money to pay for the meal. I paid for the meal as he began to tell me that in 12 months, he would be on the Forbes list of the 400 wealthiest people in the world. And he began to make all these boasts. I look at him and I thought, what in the world are you talking about? This is exactly the way you've done everything without prayer, without consultation. And once again, you're making a bunch of empty promises. This man is destroying his reputation. He said, Rick, did you address it? No, because he didn't ask me for my opinion. And I learned years ago, you only walk through doors that someone opens for you. But this man was destroying his reputation by making more empty promises. And the RIV of James 4.16 is as follows. However, right now you're arrogantly boasting and bragging about what you're planning to do. Your talk reminds me of well-known roaming shysters who purport to know everything but can't deliver on the empty promises they make. All boasting of this type is destructive, dangerous, and harmful. And furthermore, if you make a bunch of claims that you can't deliver on, it will ruin your testimony with those who heard you boasting and bragging. And then in verse 17, he adds, therefore to him. And the Greek literally says, to this very one that knows to do good and does it not to him, it is sin. And if you translate verse 17 literally from the Greek, the RIV says, therefore, for the one who really gets the message of what I'm saying, I'm talking about the one who gets it so well that he knows what is the right thing to do, but he nevertheless fails to do it. That person's failure to do what is right is sin. Make no mistake, that person is totally missing the mark and falling short of what is right and expected by God. So we find that if we're going to plan for the future and it's all right to plan, but it's not all right to plan without consulting the Lord and realizing that the Lord, Kurios, the supreme master, the one whom we obey and the one to whom we defer, has the right to change the plans anywhere along the way. 
My friends, we need to partner with the Holy Spirit as we plan for tomorrow and for the future. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner, and right now, I'm standing in what's going to be the future studio for our television ministry in Moscow, Russia. Who would have ever believed that we would be broadcasting the Word of God from Moscow to the ends of the earth, but that's exactly what's happening. Romans 10:18 says their words will go into all the world, their voice to the ends of the earth, and it's really happening. And my friends, we're constructing the studio. Look at it. The walls are starting to go up. And within just two weeks, this entire building will be standing with the roof, the doors, the windows, everything. And then the work begins on the interior. And I get so excited thinking that right where I'm standing is where I'm going to be seated looking into the camera to teach the Word of God to people all over the world who are crying out and who are saying, God, please send us someone with teaching that we can trust. I believe that's our assignment. Proverbs 10:21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And I know our job is to feed many the Word of God, and we do it because of the anointing and because of your help as partners. Thank you for being part of the giving team that's making this come to pass. And if you're not already a part of the giving team, please, would you pray about joining us to help us make this dream become a reality? We're off to a good start, but we need to finish and we need as many people as possible to participate. So I welcome you to our giving team and I thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do. Wow, today we have covered a lot of material from James chapter four and all of it is in my brand new series which is called Partnering with the Holy Spirit and planning for tomorrow and for the future. It's five parts and it comes in all kinds of formats and it comes with a wonderful study guide that's filled with all the points, the principles, all the Greek words, everything in the series is in the study guide so you can read it while you see it or while you hear it. My friends, I want you to order this and today is the last day that we're offering it on the program so order yours now by going online or by giving us a call. And remember that today is also the very last day that we're offering my book called The Holy Spirit and You, Working Together as Heaven's Dynamic Duo. The back of the book says, there's nothing more miserable and defeating than to be a Christian without knowing the joy and power of the Holy Spirit. And that is the truth. That was my testimony. But when I plugged into the power of the Holy Spirit, my spiritual life became vibrant. And that can happen for you too. I came to know the partnership of the Holy Spirit. And that's why the subtitle says, Working Together is Heaven's Dynamic Duo. But you can order yours right now by giving us a call or by going online. And please remember that if you need prayer, we want to hear from you. Give us a call or send us your email. After hearing today's program, you may be saying, wow, I need to really consult the Lord about my plans for tomorrow, my plans for the future. If you need somebody to pray with you, let us pray with you. 
Just give us a call or send us an email. The moment we hear from you, we will release our faith for God to speak to you, to give you direction, and to show you what you need to do tomorrow and even in the future. But we would love to hear from you so we could really pray with you. But hey, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Let the word of God work in your life. And I'll see you in the next program. Thank you for watching this broadcast. For more information on product resources or to learn how you can partner with this ministry, please connect with us at renner.org. Also, please be sure to visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.